Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs and Tampa Bay Buccaneers on advancing to Super Bowl 55. Tom Brady is once again returning to the Super Bowl. Man, between Tom Brady and Joe Biden, what a month it's been for 78-year-old white guys. (laughs) 43-year-old Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady will be the oldest player to play in the Super Bowl, though he will still be the youngest person in Tampa. (laughs) From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Yeah, what's going on? bitches (laughs) bitches <laughs> hey we're still we're still working on that hey bitches we don't have a good intro for this yeah. podcast um, we got half a million listeners and we haven't figured out how to say hello what the hell's going on here yeah like do you start it off harsh or do you like ease your way into it like do i start off like hey what's up fuckers like i don't know if i should go that high or if i should like hey guys what's going on like, I, oh, I kind of like what they're doing on the bachelor now And I don't think that this was planned, but last night, um, I I believe it was Victoria. Is that her name? The real bitch? That one? Yes. It's Victoria, right? Yes. So last night, uh, when they brought in some new girls, she referred to them as bitch-ass hoes. So maybe we could try that as an intro for After Nine. Like, what's up, you bitch-ass hoes? Bitch-ass hoes. I gotta tell you. I hadn't heard hoes in that context in a long time, but it reminded me. Oh, yeah. People used to call each other hoes all the time. What happened to hoes? <laughs> yeah. We don't good. do that anymore? Uh, no, I mean, I thankfully don't hear it frequently, but I don't know. Maybe you got to be a real ho to hear ho. Oh, possibly. Maybe people are be- being very literal in this, sure, this day and age. Sure. Mm. Okay. Uh, welcome to After Nine, everyone. We have many, many, many things to do. We're going to start off with the weather. <clears throat> if you're not in southern Ontario, we're getting the worst snowstorm of the year today. Like a whole 10 centimeters. I know, you're getting ready to fire off some mean tweet or something like that. Up here where we live, we get this much snow. 10 centimeters is nothing. Yeah, I get that. But keep in mind, in Toronto, we're all a bunch of pussies. And (laughs) we are. We are. When it comes to the snow, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. It's like, it starts snowing and people turn into like, it's Jesus take the wheel. Like, ah, Fuck, I don't know what to do. I'm yeah. sliding. Jesus, take the wheel. Take it from my hands. Because I can't do this all my own. Yeah. Uh, we don't know what we're doing. We honestly don't know what even we're doing. Though, but the th- and the funny thing is, is like it happens again and again. Like We know where we live. We understand this is part of the deal. We are in the middle of winter. We are... And yet still it catches people by like some kind of a surprise. Like, oh, fuck, snow? Like, yeah, it's it's true. It's true. But maybe it's because a lot of people are driving less. So if you do have to drive in it, that sucks. I mean, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't want to drive in this. I don't want to drive home. Not looking forward to it at all. I like it. I mean, we don't get a ton of snow, certainly not like we used to maybe like 20 years ago. The weather patterns have changed a decent amount. However, we're not used to having this 
kind of snow, like 10 centimeters in the grand scheme of things is nothing. But 10 centimeters now will completely fuck up everyone's day. Everybody. I mean, whether you're a snowplow driver and you've got to go into work or you're just a regular commuter who gets stuck in traffic or you're one of those people that causes problems. People just can't handle 10 centimeters of snow, not in a big area like the greater Toronto Hamilton area, which is exactly where we happen to be. So drive safe. If you're listening in the car right now, thank you. We appreciate it. You bitch ass hoes. But drive safe, please. (laughs) You didn't watch The Bachelor last night, did you? I can't anymore. I don't think I can. Like, I just I don't like now they brought in new people and that that gave that gives me a little glimmer of hope. But, I mean, right away, they just accused one of them of being an escort. And I don't know the truth to it. Like, I don't know the truth to it. Maybe she is. Maybe she isn't. I don't know. But, I can't, like, they just focus so much on, on I mean, whatever. This, I know. There's some people listening saying the whole show's garbage. Like, what do you expect? You're absolutely right, by the way. I know the show is garbage. I yeah. understand it is one of those shows. But some seasons, I do get really, I get roped into it, and I'm interested. Tayshia's was okay. There's been better seasons, you know. And this one, Matt James, so far this season's a little boring. I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like the fact that they have to focus and hone in on this Victoria chick so much tells me that it's a boring season and they need to do what they can to try to get some kind of a drama. So they'll keep her around, do their best to manipulate that situation, and get people talking because there's really nothing else going on. It's a little boring. I'm a little bored. Yeah, I don't disagree with that assessment. But one thing, I mean, Victoria is great as a villain on The Bachelor because she's such a bitch. Listen to this. I'm listening. What do you have to say? It's a little bit loud. Do you mind if I just sit here? No, I don't want to sit next to you. All right. I'm just going to speak my heart to you, okay? Go for it. Victoria, I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings. And Thank you. We can sit here. I accept your apology, but I think that we have very different realities of what occurred. You feel this way, and I acknowledge that you feel this way. And regardless of what happened... But like, if it didn't happen, why are you apologizing? Matt had mentioned that you think that I'm toxic and manipulative. I do think you are those things. I want. I don't want to continue fighting. I'm not trying to fight either, but I yeah, think and that like I think that we can, we're like oil and vinegar. But I think that we can come to an understanding. I really do believe that we can if we try. I don't care to, Marilyn. I did this not say those things. I'm. I need a break. You're too much for me. Okay. Like, how do you argue with that? I mean, she's completely unreasonable and does stupid shit just to get attention, but it sucks me in every time. I have no willpower. I'm weak. I watch the show just for a little bit of mindless, don't have to focus on anything, and then boom, I get drawn into that drama. Can you imagine meeting her in person and having her talk to you like that? What do you do? Is that when you drop the gloves and say, you know what? We're going to throw down right I here. Know. I just don't have time in my life for shit like that. No. Let's start throwing hands. No. Let, let's just make this happen here because you need a good slap. Uh, are you a Starbucks girl? I don't even know if I know that. Yes. Yes. I love Starbucks too. I love it a lot. I didn't know this, but have you ever noticed that some of the baristas have a green apron and some of them have a black apron? And okay. There's a couple different ones that they wear, right? Okay, so I saw this pop up and I actually had no idea. I've never seen any other apron other than green, I think, unless I did and I didn't even notice. I saw someone with a black apron in the States last time I was down in New York 
And I didn't know what it meant. In fact, it didn't even really register to me that she was wearing a different apron. And I just assumed they were all the same. It's just, hey, go into the back, grab an apron and come on out and start making beverages. Apparently, they all do mean something. If you have a green apron on, it means you're a standard barista. If you have a black apron on, that actually means you have full coffee knowledge. A black apron is considered a coffee master. So if you go into a Starbucks and there's somebody there wearing a green apron and somebody wearing a black apron, you want the person in the black apron to make your beverage because they are good at what they do. Okay, do you have to take like a course for this? Or is this one of those like you've been working here 10 plus years, you're automatically upgraded to a black apron? Like how does that work? Well, you know, that's a great question, Kat. I don't know. Somebody talked about it on social and and people ran with it. The story actually got a lot of attention once a staff member pointed it out. I don't know if even people who work at Starbucks know that if you keep at it long enough, you may be able to get a black apron. I think they just assumed they were all the same, too. But for those who have them, I think it's a combination of service and experience. It's not like a chef, right? Like if you're a chef and you want to get your your black jacket. You've got to work there a while and then prove you know what you're doing. It's not just based on experience. I would assume Starbucks is the same, but yeah, I'm going to look out for that now. Next time I go in, I want to know, hey, you got anybody in a black apron here? Because I want myself an Irish cream Americano. Yeah, excuse me. I'm not getting served by you green apron wearing peasant. (laughs) Get out of my way. Uh... Doctors have warned against taking part in a new TikTok trend where people are using erection cream to mimic the effects of lip filler. Wherever the master internet is, like there's probably like a rack or something somewhere in like the IBM room. Somebody needs to go and just pull the cord on TikTok because there's way too much dumb shit going on from people that think, oh, look at that. It's cool. I'm going to try it. But here's my question is because you hear of like one of these cases. okay? so let's say there's a guy or a woman that posts a video of it. That might go. Yes, that video might go viral. But all of a sudden. What people will take from it is that the trend itself is going viral. But how many people are really doing it? If there is a lot of people doing that, what a fucking stupid thing to do. Like, What a dumb thing to do. What a dumb thing to do. But you wonder when they say like, oh, it's a trending thing for people to put boner cream on their fucking lips. Like that's, do, do they not question that? Like, hey, should I maybe check out what's in these ingredients and, and maybe this is not right for my lips? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So does it work? <laughs> Does it actually work, this boner cream? So apparently it does. When you watch the video in question, which shows that this is a thing that you could do. And by the way, let me just say it's not something you should do. And I'll tell you why in just a sec. It does appear that the lips get a little more plump, although the person in the video points out it really tingles. It doesn't feel terrible, but it's not comfortable. Your lips may start to sting after a while. Well, that should be uh, indicator number one. Don't fuck around with that stuff. Dr. Ross Perry is the medical director of cosmetics at a particular clinic that I'm not going to mention, says putting erection cream on your lips in a bid for a fuller pout is utterly ridiculous and can be extremely dangerous for a number of reasons. Individuals trying this could suffer allergic reactions such as stinging, soreness, blisters and uncomfortable swelling. Other side effects as it absorbs into your skin include headaches, blood pressure problems, and yes, even heart problems. The cream could also flare up cold sores if you're prone to them already. It goes on your dick, Mm. not in your mouth. 
And I know there's a joke in there somewhere. I just haven't found it yet. <laughs> By the way, okay, so when I read that story first thing this morning, I was sitting there, I had my feet on my desk, I'm just scrolling through all the different things we could talk about, and I came across this story. <laughs> the first thing that went through my head was, they have a cream for that now? Oh, fuck, that's great. <laughs> Scott, they have a cream for everything. I think they have a cream for everything. I really okay, do. Okay, but... Can we just talk about the logistics of erection cream? Because sometimes you got to be careful what you use down there. And there's no shortage of people that like to experiment and do some dumb shit. Uh, maybe you want to use some of that like numbing cream because it makes you last longer in bed, guys. Okay, but you got to make sure it's dry before you put it in because then you can just numb her and that defeats the whole fucking purpose anyway. Right, right. There's a lot of things that could go wrong. If you put some erection cream on, hoping that it's going to make your boner a little fatter, if you put it in her and it's still there on you, aren't you really just going to expand the shit out of her too? I mean, it's meant to draw blood into the area. Or is that the goal? We got to get a doctor on. I I really don't. I I heard that the best thing for that is just eating a couple of Tide Pods and then you're good to go. (laughs) That's what I heard. Like, fuck. Everyone's fucked. I get that there's people who want fuller lips for whatever reason, but there's actual ways you can do it. Uh, Actually talk to somebody who knows what they're doing. Don't just grab any random fucking thing off the shelf at shoppers and say, oh, this is great. I'm going to put it in my mouth. No problem. This will be great. (laughs) fuck let's talk about vaccines for a second here thank you to everybody who listened to yesterday's podcast where we did the throwback one year later there's an update on the battle against covid19 here in ontario ontario has had to change its strategy so they were vaccinating the long-term care staff and the essential caregivers and residents of long-term care homes and some of those more high-risk retirement homes. But because we're basically out of vaccines, we hardly have any left and none coming this week. What they've decided to do is they're going to step up vaccinating the residents of long-term care and high-risk retirement homes. But that also means then... That they're postponing vaccinations for long-term care staff and those essential caregivers. They will ramp that up again once more doses become available. Okay. That's frustrating, right? Like, if you're in a long-term care home, you are right in the middle of the fire. This is ground zero for where these infections are spreading. And there's so many deaths in those long-term care homes. It's scary shit. And if you work there and have to walk in there knowing you're not getting a vaccine for a while now because we got to take care of the residents first. That's got to be very discouraging, I would imagine, right? Sure. I mean, yeah, but you... It's frustrating. I mean, we we wish we had enough for everybody, of course. Like, that's an obvious thing. But if you have to pick and choose, then you're going to pick the most vulnerable first. That's exactly what you should do. Yeah. Oh, I don't disagree with the strategy. I just I feel for the staff that are stuck in a shitty situation. And, you know, they had some light at the end of the tunnel, too. Right. Like they were supposed to get vaccinated in the next week or two. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 not uh, that's not a great that's not a great spot for them to be in. But at least we do have those residents vaccinated that should be. And that's good. That's I mean, that's step. And this is a bit of a setback, but hopefully in the bigger picture, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Meanwhile, Joe Biden spoke yesterday. He says now they hope the U.S. will be able to offer a vaccine to any American who wants one this spring. Well, my question was, at what date or roughly when do you think anyone who wants one would be able to get it? Is it summer? Is it fall? Oh, no, I know. I, I think it'll be this spring. I think we'll be able to do that this spring. And uh, but it's going to be a logistical 
uh, challenge that exceeds anything we've ever tried. He also increased his goal. Instead of giving out a million vaccinations a day across America, he wants that stepped up to one and a half million. He says they can achieve that number soon, and he's hoping that America can achieve herd immunity, which means that roughly three quarters, two thirds in and around there is vaccinated and protected against COVID-19. He wants that done by the 4th of July. So what that means is America is going to have a regular summer when they've got herd immunity. Even if you yourself are not vaccinated, chances are the people around you are and the odds of contracting covid are still real but much 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 slimmer the virus can't spread the way it is now where basically anybody could catch it you know what i mean yeah absolutely i was listening to a doctor talking about herd immunity because that's something that i really knew nothing about of course before this pandemic but i'm trying to learn a little bit more about because you hear people just blurting it out right herd immunity fuck it everyone no masks let's go but herd immunity like scott mentioned is only done when there is a percentage of the population that is vaccinated that's when that starts to kick in and that's when that's a possibility so the fact that they're that close is awesome i would love to think that we could be I don't think we're going to be like right, right, right behind them. But I'm I mean, I'm hopeful that we can get enough people vaccinated where we're looking at at least a nice fall. But all of that said, when I was listening to what that doctor had to say, uh, masks were still very, very important, even if you are vaccinated. So it's not like, hey, I'm vaccinated. I'm mask free because you still have to be careful. You could carry those symptoms of COVID, although you may not be affected with it. You could infect somebody else. So it's still going to be important. It's still not going to look like a quote unquote normal like 2019, 2018 summer for them. It shouldn't anyway, but that much closer to normalcy. And that's what I think that hope that people need to at least calm down the masses, the the people who are rioting and, and the the pandemic people, I think that'll be at least be enough to make them feel a little bit more comfortable, a little bit better. Everybody will. Do you feel bad for the pandemic people or are they doing it to themselves by getting themselves all riled up with the conspiracy theories? Do I feel bad for them? No, I don't. I don't feel bad for. No, I don't feel bad for them at all. Really? I have a friend, and I really like this friend, but he's so fucking dumb. And I feel bad for him sometimes. Like, how the fuck do you function on a day-to-day basis? And not that I'm saying people that believe in those conspiracy theories are like that, but I feel bad for him because he doesn't know he's dumb. When it comes to the pandemic people... I mean, they think everything they're putting out there is great and they think it's legit and they think that if they say it to enough people on social media, they will change people's perception. I don't know what the end game for them is. Like, do they think they're honestly going to convert the whole world? And if they do, what what are we all going to storm parliament and say, open us back up again? I, I really can't figure out what their end game is, but I sense there's a lot of frustration deeply embedded in that. And, and I, I feel bad for them. I mean, they're convinced they're right. And it's hard to convince them they're not right, but it just makes this cycle go on and on. Social's really ramping up again, by the way. I don't know if you've had any Facebook fights recently, but people are getting really um, pissy about the lockdown that we're in. Yeah, sure they are. I know. Um, I'm I'm hopeful, though. I mean, we are going to chat with uh, biostatistician Ryan Ingram again very soon. And I know that he'll have more hope. I know he has his own thoughts on on how this spreads. But we do have more hopeful numbers. I think everybody knows that. But I'm curious to see how that will change, how the whole social media aspect of it will change once things calm down. There's always going to be those people. I mean, we all know that. They're not going away anytime soon. that want to start a fight about fucking nothing at all. But at least it will be a little more calm once we can open things up again. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The federal government. Yesterday, the the deputy prime minister, Christia Freeland, mentioned this in her news conference, which, by the way, you can see if you want to at scottandcat.ca. Minister Freeland yesterday said the government is considering tougher travel measures. Oh, this will make a lot of people happy. The ones that are angry that there's some people that are heading down to the Caribbean or going over to Europe, heading down to Florida, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. This one's a tough one, though. Minister Freeland says one of the options that the government is considering or one of the new measures could include mandatory hotel quarantine for air travelers that are returning from a non-essential trip abroad. Now it's starting to make sense. We just talked about this. Uh, Justin Trudeau did the whole, let me be clear, don't go anywhere. If you have a trip planned, cancel it. Don't go anywhere for spring break. I guess maybe that was kind of foreshadowing a little bit this. Basically, what would happen is you would go away on your trip and everything is fine. You went down to Mexico or Cuba and had yourself a great time. When you get back, you're going to get questioned by customs. They're going to ask you why you were in, I don't know, Costa Rica, Barbados, St. Lucia. And unless you can prove that it was for an essential reason, you can't just go home and self-isolate for two weeks like we've all been told to do. You would have to go to one of the approved hotels and quarantine there for two weeks so they can keep an eye on you. Wow. I mean, that is taking it serious. Who foots the bill, by the way, for that? Is that paid for by the government? The gov- Well, based on this, what I'm reading from this is that the government will not pay for you to go to stay in this quarantine hotel. That will be at your own expense. Okay, so that's a massive deterrent then. That is a massive deterrent to do it. Because let's say I don't really care about much. I, I would like to go on vacation and I'd like to go to Cancun and I'm going to bring my family tomorrow. If that's in place, not only will you have to isolate you're isolating in a hotel who wants to do that plus you're footing the bill for those extra two weeks plus you have to make sure by the way on top of that that you are taking all that time off of work or whatever else you have going on in your life so yeah i mean that's going to deter a lot of people and on top of that depending where you're traveling some other places have quarantine rules so if you're traveling into a certain part of uh, the united states even or or some other countries they have quarantine rules so technically speaking with this in in play it would mean that you'd have to go technically quarantine or isolate yourself once you're on vacation for two weeks, plus you're coming back and then you're isolating yourself again for two weeks. Who the fuck has that much time to go on vacation? Is it really worth it? Or that money. Imagine that after you do a a week all-inclusive down in the Caribbean, you've got to pay regular hotel rates for two weeks somewhere out on the airport strip. It's kind of like, I I mean, I don't know. Not that I'm planning to do it anyway, but that would deter me if I was thinking about it for some reason. I was thinking about it. I mean, uh, I, I want to go to the States. My kid's got games coming up. His season starts next week. I was going to go to Kansas City in two weeks to watch him play. And if I might have to be forced into a hotel and pay for it myself to isolate, that sucks. Uh-huh. Holy shit. Yeah.
But I guess that's the compromise, right? People wanted the airports closed. The government has made it pretty clear they're not closing the airports. But if they make it that inconvenient to travel, maybe that will stop the travel. I'm still confused about why, though. I mean, I look at the numbers and it nearest I can tell between one and two percent of the cases are linked to travel. Everything else is community spread or from an unknown source. So it's a pretty harsh uh, route to go. Anyway, uh, we were talking about Joe Biden and the fact that he has a very ambitious plan to get America achieving herd immunity by the summer. Great. Good for them. He also, in his call with Justin Trudeau the other day, agreed that there would be a meeting between Trudeau and Biden. They're going to get together, I believe, in person and discuss all the issues that are facing Canada and the U.S. While they're there, I mean, I'm sure they're going to talk about Keystone XL. I I have to think they will. I'm sure they're going to talk about Biden's new executive order, the Buy America provision, where he wants federal governments his federal government to only purchase things from American companies. I'm sure they will discuss that because that impacts Canadian companies that are supplying the U.S. They'll talk about all that. But if we could add something to the agenda, I'd really like them to sit down and, and just take 10 minutes to try and figure out how they can bring McDonald's USA and McDonald's Canada on the same page when it comes to promotions. Because America's bringing back the spicy nuggets next week at McDonald's and McDonald's Canada's not. And fuck, that's upsetting. They... I know. You always get upset upset by this. We have different, we honestly, it won't, you have to think of it from a company perspective. Do your best. I know it sucks because you're thinking as a customer, as a consumer. But from the company's perspective, when it comes to this shit, we don't eat the same shit. We, they will spend money on doing all of this, on rolling this out, on advertising this, on production of this, etc. I'm sure it's not like a big deal to change up the spice maybe, but maybe it is. It costs money. And then for what? Because maybe people aren't going to buy it here. And they've probably already done the legwork to figure out what we like and don't like. There's a lot of under-the-table research. I don't know if you've ever seen surveys popping up on the internet. There's people that really take it, and there's companies like McDonald's that really do use that information and decide what they're going to do with it. So McDonald's Canada, for example, probably have information on hand that says, that's a fucking terrible idea and a waste of money because this percentage of your customers are going to be interested. So what's the point? Leave it with the basic menu because that's what people actually want. I know that's shitty to hear. I'm sorry, Scott. But people mostly don't want it. You're in a small percentage of the population that will actually go fucking buy it. Some people will say they want it. It's like the all-day breakfast thing. Let's talk about that all over again. People claim they wanted it, and then it went to shit. They didn't make any money. So if you can't make money off of it, you don't do it. In the States, they'll eat fucking anything, anytime, anywhere. There's a lot more of them, too. Let's not forget. It's not really about their their consuming habits because we know that they... They're, by the way, I've been to a McDonald's in the States, and it is different. different. It's cheap. Holy it's, shit. And you get way more food. I ordered yeah. a kid's meal once. I remember ordering a kid's meal, and I was like, you made a mistake. This is an adult meal. And they were like, nope, that's the child size. And that's when mm-hmm. I went, this is a fucking problem. But uh-huh. anyway, uh, all that said, it's money. At the end of the day, it's money. We're not, they're not going to make money off of it, so it sucks. But you wish that like there was a way, there was a way that we could get it. But right now... Ah, you can't just drive across the border and get it, can you? Is that no, essential? <laughs> Double check on that. <laughs> I can't believe that you're seriously putting forth the notion, the fake news, that Canadians are not interested in spicy nugs. Fucking bring them. People will eat them. I, I, they'll, they'll eat them. Start they'll eat the spicy nugs. Guaranteed. You know what? Start a petition then. Like, 100%. <laughs> no, petitions don't I- work.
Maybe, maybe it will. I don't know what to tell you, bud, but I, it's not going to happen. Probably there's research behind it. They don't just willy-nilly make these choices to do things or not do things. They'll probably take a look at what they're doing over there and say, that's not going to fucking work in Canada. It's true. What works in one place doesn't work in the other. I don't know what else to tell you. Oh, way to I'm let the air out of that your, balloon. I'm sorry to crush your spicy <laughs> nug dreams. <laughs> What did you say? Way to let the air out of that balloon. Holy shit. I'm sorry. Shit. Look, I'm just being honest. I know you can, because you, you talk about this kind of thing all the time. They do have, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, I want a fucking Sonic here. I'd like a Sonic because those shakes look legit. Yeah. We're not going to get shit. We're never going to get it. It's never going to come. In and out Burger would be nice, too. Like, why can't we just agree on these things and have Biden ship us a couple of burgers? He's going to fuck us on the Buy America thing. He fucked us on Keystone XL. He's going to keep fucking us nonstop. We're actually getting a worse deal now than we had under Trump. Could you please at least send us a fucking Whataburger, an in and out uh, a couple more Chick-fil-A locations, and some goddamn spicy nuggets? That's all we want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll shut up and leave you alone. Just send us some cool shit, and we'll leave you alone, Joe. That's all we want from you. Can you imagine if that was actually on the agenda? Uh, Keystone XL. Uh, we'll discuss uh, international relations, opening the border, buy America, spicy nuggets, an in and out burger, and we're good. Okay, great. <laughs> That's it. That's great. Great agenda. All the important uh, things. I know, <laughs> I know we do have quite a few listeners in the prairies. Uh, Saskatchewan is affected by this, and Manitoba, and the western corner of northern Ontario. This seems like a special kind of hell, but as we're getting snow in southern Ontario today, the temperature there, the temperature is going to dip to minus 30 degrees Celsius. With the wind chill, it'll feel minus 40 degrees. I wouldn't leave the house. I would just stay no. inside. Like that's- minus 30 without the no. wind chill? No. Come on. What's polar What's polar vortex temps? Because that seems lower. Like That seems like worse than a polar vortex. Because I hear that word and I think, okay, extreme cold that's not right that's not right this is true arctic air that's blowing down and it's just the way the jet stream goes now as it comes further south that air warms up a little bit when it meets our more mild temperatures but when it first comes out of the arctic i mean if you're in saskatchewan or the lower half of manitoba it's going to be fucking ridiculous today minus 30 degrees celsius I don't remember the last time we had temps like that here. I, maybe not even in my lifetime. I don't know. If, have we ever had minus 30 here without the wind yeah, chill? Uh, without the wind chill? I don't know. I've, I've, there was very cold temperatures here before. Like, I feel like we were probably close to that, hovering around that. But I don't, I, I don't know if that was considered with wind chill or without. But that's still cold. Like, you know that feeling of, like, it's so cold that you can't even, like, breathing hurts. It's physically painful to breathe if you have to be outside for any mm. moment of time. It's terrible. Do you know any prominent liberals? Because I don't think I I know a lot of, like, connected liberals. But I'd love to know more about this story. The minority liberal government in Ottawa, our federal government, has lost yet another caucus member. And this must be pretty serious if in a minority situation they kicked out another member of caucus. Brampton Centre MP Ramesh Sangha has been kicked out of the Liberal Party. The government whip, Mark Holland, said in a statement, Sangha was removed from caucus after making what he calls baseless and dangerous accusations against a number of fellow liberal MPs. Now, he wouldn't say what Sangha said. He just said, we will not tolerate, and I quote, conspiracy theories or dangerous and unfounded rhetoric about parliamentarians or other Canadians. 
Wow. What the fuck did you say, Ramesh? What did you say? Because now I want to know. What's the story here? And who did he tell? It clearly wasn't uh, something that he did on national news or something like that. It must have been just sort of like backroom gossip whispers. He walked into a room and said, hey, you bitches and hoes. (laughs) Seriously, I want to know what the fuck happened here. That sounds scandalous. What did you say and who did you say it about? It's not like he's slinging mud at the other parties. These are the people that he sits beside in the House of Commons. What did he say? Oh, man, I'd love to know. If you're um, one of the insiders, so to speak, do me a favor. Shoot me a note. Shoot me a note. Uh, You can text me if you want, if you have my number. Email me. DM me. I just want to know what was said. And I'll keep you anonymous. I won't say shit. Just let me know. Even a category of, like, was it a sexual reference? Was it a personal dig? Was it a, a, I don't know, a bad word of some kind or... I don't know, or something surprising. Hmm. I'd love to know. I wonder if it's like one of those QAnon type theories, like the Pizzagate stuff. I I wonder if it's that. I don't know, but I'd love to know. I really want to be in the know. Let us know. (laughs) Uh, A couple other things here quickly before we wrap things up for today. Uh, Two-thirds of parents say they have to rely on Google when they're helping their kids with their homework, particularly math was one that stood out as too difficult for parents. Mm Mm-hmm. Elementary math. Now, we all learned that we wouldn't be in the positions we're in if we didn't learn that. But I think it's just like muscle memory, right? Like if you don't use that math, you lose that math. Is that the right way to look at it? Um, I guess so. I know I did so much work to try to forget math that like I <laughs> I don't because I just really thankfully don't need it in life. Really um, bed. Although bed mass does. So I, when I mentioned that before, when I've mentioned stuff about bed mass before, I'm being like, I don't fucking know. And you don't need it. Somebody mentioned, well, when you're taking, a, you know, when you want to win a contest or something, sometimes there's a, a question in there, an equation, and it's you have to know bed mass. But they're always so simple, aren't they? Like people do know the general rule to bed mass, right? Like brackets, exponents, brackets divide, multiply, yeah. add, subtract. Yeah. I mean, um, I think most people, if as long as you take that away, you're okay. That said, I don't know much about math and I don't care. And if my daughters, <laughs> as they get older in elementary school, hate math too, as much as I did. Like I used to cry. I, my dad's an accountant. So first of all, so he's very good at math, but his brain works different than me. So even when he's trying to teach me, I got frustrated. So I basically did have a tutor on hand that was the a new math and b thought it was bullshit that we were we were learning this stuff too because he's as an accountant he never ever ever had to know any of that and that's and i know there's some people and you don't need most people don't fucking use it so it always bothers me the whole math thing bogs me so when my girls are old enough if they're in elementary school and they need to find ways around it i will you know strongly encourage them to find ways around it if they truly don't believe that they need math or they're truly as frustrated as i was and upset as I was, because not everybody learns the same either, which is another problem with the schooling system. But that's a whole other podcast for a whole other day, because we don't all learn the same. You can't just write a bunch of shit out on the chalkboard and expect every fucking kid to take it the same way. You know, they don't. So those frustrations, especially when it came, let's say it comes to math, when my kids are eventually at that age where they're learning math. Yeah, I'm going to fucking Google it and I'm going to tell them to do whatever they have to to just get through it. And then they can forget about it if they hate it. Don't worry about it. Hot take. Wow. Wow. 
Yeah, I tried, but I just sort of bullshitted my way through it with the kids. Like if they came home and said, hey, I've got these math questions and I don't understand it. I would do my best to show them and then make up an excuse about why I'm busy and I got to go like thaw something for dinner. Or I got to run to the grocery store or something. Yeah, like, Basically I mean, tell them, yeah, call, call your friends. Like, don't get me wrong. If it's important to them and they need to, you know, pass this or get a certain grade, let's say they need to make the honor roll in order to get into this particular university course. And that's very important to them. And they're frustrated because they can't seem to grasp it. I hope I met. I have the ability to hire them a tutor, but it sure as fuck ain't going to be mom. Like mom ain't going to help you. Like I'm useless. So I hope that we can find a way to do it. If we have to YouTube some shit, we will. If we have to call on people to help, we will. We'll find a ways around it, but I don't like, like keep me as uninvolved in the math shit as possible. I will do English. I'm, I love English. I'm great at it. Um, geography, fine, love it. And I like learning myself. All the other, I think all the other subjects I'm interested in and I will be right there with them, helping them, except for math. Math can fuck off. Finally, I think Budweiser deserves a lot of credit and I know that Budweiser is thinking down the line. I love what they're doing here. Budweiser is one of the biggest advertisers at the Super Bowl. They spend millions on those commercials, and people really look forward to seeing the annual Budweiser commercial during the Super Bowl because they always go all out and they make it a big thing. Sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's emotional, but they always go all out, and it's one of the commercials that people talk about the next day. For the first time in 37 years, there isn't going to be a traditional Bud commercial during the big game. They've decided to basically donate the airtime that they've got in the Super Bowl to promoting the COVID vaccine. Mm-hmm. They want to promote the vaccine. And, and here's why. Not because they're part of some big global conspiracy or anything, guys. They want to do it because they want to get back to normal. They're hoping that if they can encourage people to get the vaccine or learn some information about it being safe or effective or whatever, that soon we'll be able to gather again and grab some buds or go to a bar and have some buds. They want to get back to normal. So they're spending, what is it? $5.6 million US is the cost of a commercial during the Super Bowl. They're giving that to causes that are dedicated to promoting safe vaccines. Okay, that's kind of, and, and it is, a, and you're absolutely right because that is a PR. It's a, it's a, strategic and it's also a little bit of PR too because they are going to get all that press for it like if they had released a Super Bowl commercial you know you get them in advance a lot of the times it's already starting to pop up where you're going to see the commercials ahead of time this is what's going to air during the Super Bowl Uh, Budweiser was one of those companies that would sometimes show them on YouTube or have them on their social channels ahead of it and sometimes they're really cute and they go viral right remember the puppy one I don't know that one comes to mind right away that was cute yeah through the yeah with the horse yeah adorable right so they they were always well known for it so it's going to catch people's attention that they're not on the Super Bowl and that's going to bring people's attention back to what they're putting money into to begin with which is promoting the vaccine so I don't know. I think it's a pretty, it's a smart move, but it's very strategic. But I think uh, that'll probably pay off for them when, let's say, down the line. Like, I don't know if this is what you meant when you said long, like the longevity of it or or what have you. But down the line, they're going to be able to look back and be like, this is what we did. Remember that year? We did that. Now, thankfully, everybody's safe. Everyone's enjoying Buds in bars again. Like, what a cool little end to that mini chapter, right? So, yeah, I think it's a good idea. How great would it be right now? To wrap up this podcast and head down to a pub and have a pint of beer. Mm. Remember that? 
Yeah, no, it's it's been too long. Ugh. It's been too long. Yeah, no, I, I look forward Guys, to that. We got to get back to normal. We got to get back to normal. Good job, America. It seems like they're way ahead of the game. Canada hopefully will catch up. We'll find some way to to get us back to normal. But fuck by summer, we got to get back to normal. And on that, we will say thank you, everybody. We certainly appreciate you listening to After 9. We will have Ryan Imgrim, the biostatistician and star of Twitter in COVID times, on the podcast tomorrow. And drive safe. Don't be an asshole. We will see you right back here tomorrow.